Welcome back to the Rebuildable Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Gentile. Today, we're going to actually announce something new that's coming to the Rebuildable Podcast and talk a little bit about the state of the Bulls, because right now they sit 7-14, and 14, coming off of two very interesting wins without Zach Levine for both of them and without DeMar DeRozan for one of them, but really seeing some very impressive performances from Kobe White and Patrick Williams, the two young guns. So definitely want to talk a little bit about that and some of the different reports and rumblings coming out about potential trade partners for Zach Levine, because it does seem like we don't know maybe the the exact day or the exact hour, but it sounds like something uh, is going to happen with the Chicago Bulls where really, I guess the next rebuild will start. So Definitely want to get into that, of course, because it it is the Rebuildable Podcast after all. But first, I wanted to start by making a quick show announcement here. So trying to think through ways to kind of enhance the podcast, because look, I know there's plenty of daily podcasts out there about the Chicago Bulls, right? Like talked about it. You have your Bulls Talk podcast on NBC Sports Chicago, the CHGO Bulls podcast, and you have Locked on Bulls. You have Bulls Central, Chicago Bulls Central, and These are great daily podcasts, and I know I'm not in the market to compete against those podcasts, right? I want to bring something different to the table. And I think with kind of the change happening this season, going back to just hosting this thing solo, kind of got me through some reflection of what I really want to do with this podcast. And one of the things that I, I had built the Rebuildable podcast on very early was kind of taking those bird's eye views long-term outlooks of what could get the Chicago Bulls back to championship contention. And some of the episodes that we did early on were focused on creating rebuilding plans to put the Chicago Bulls in, in contention. So we had guests come on and they would play the role of, our of at the time, uh, John Pax and Gar Foreman, almost said Archers Karnaschovas, but we had started the podcast back in the Gar Pax days. And a lot of our guests would sit and kind of craft a plan uh, you know, through the draft and free agency and uh, moves they'd make in terms of coaching, infrastructure, all of that, and kind of re- relay that plan to put those Chicago Bulls back in a healthier spot to eventually be title contenders in the Eastern Conference. And of course, we did some other types of uh, series too, doing in-depth looks on the Garpax era. It's called Grading Garpax, and it was a really good series that looked at uh, everything over... Uh, at that point, a 15-year span of John Paxson's leadership and Gar Foreman's leadership and kind of graded each era. And I wanted to do something similar here because as I mentioned, uh, talking about the current news surrounding Zach Levine trade rumors and uh, where we kind of see the direction of this team going, that we're about to enter another rebuild where assets could be sold off and the roster could change a little bit. And it kind of got me thinking, like, this would be a good point to evaluate what we've seen from Acme to this point. So wanted to announce today that we are going to have a series called Analyzing Acme. So I'm keeping the alliteration there uh, like we did with Grading Garpax. But in Analyzing Acme, we're going to look at some of the pivotal moments over the last uh, four seasons under the leadership of Arturis Kardashovas and Mark Eversley. And those moments... uh, Right now, there's four that that I've identified. We could end up 
increasing this a bit, but I think there's four that we definitely want to put under the microscope. And so over the next uh, few weeks, we're going to have episodes that focus on the uh, drafting of Patrick Williams, the Billy Donovan hire as head coach, the uh, idea to ax the young core, so trading uh, Wendell and Laurie Markkinen, and then looking at the 2021 acquisitions. So the deadline move of Nikola Vucevic in the summer, flurry of activity that uh, saw the acquisitions of Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, and Alex Caruso, and kind of looking at how those decisions impacted the franchise to the point we're at right now. So there could be some other maybe episodes or topics that could pop up as a result of that. And in those episodes, we're going to have some guests join us to discuss those moves and basically walk through the initial reaction, how it's unfolded, and using the benefit of hindsight to our advantage uh, and really trying to look and and maybe grade that moment in the Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley era, uh, which has been pretty short so far, but uh, definitely has, I think, a lot of uh, opinions out there, right? Like all these pivotal moments that I named and, and moves that were made all seem to generate a, a certain reaction uh, among Bulls Nation. Um, so different content creators that you know pretty well are going to join us uh, during that time to break all of it down. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And I, I think it kind of gets back to the root of what made the Rebuildable podcast uh, one that I know uh, started to generate interest. And that was looking at things uh, like this and kind of taking a different approach to breaking it all down at a very high level. So I'm really looking forward to, to doing these episodes. But today, I just want to do a quick, quick podcast here because I know it's been a while. been working to, to plan this one out in the midst of uh, you know some things happening at work that have kind of kept my schedule a little odd, but happy to kind of get back to, to basics here. But I know since last episode that we had, there's been, you know, kind of more momentum uh, towards this possibility of trading Zach Levine. And um, I think there's been a sense, you know, within Bulls Nation, and I think even within the, the team that, that the move's inevitable, that something could be coming. And we hear, though, a lot of different reports that there's certainly rumblings where teams like the Lakers brought up, uh, even teams like the Hornets have been have been brought up. Bobby Marks brought up the Detroit Pistons, which is one I really want to get into. Uh, we keep hearing these rumblings about Zach Levine moving. Um, of course, Adrian Wojnarowski, though, does point out, and I know one of his latest reports that he dropped was that there's not really a set market right now. Um, there isn't that interest that seems to be uh, building up where you know we heard at last year's deadline the possibility of, of a deal with the Knicks included a pretty decent amount of draft capital. I think it was three first-round picks, some young talent like quickly and and RJ Barrett, but it seems like that might not be the case this time around because it seems like the markets reset a little bit in the NBA. And Zach Levine is right now, I think, at a, a lower value than he was probably at around the trade deadline last year. With that in mind, uh, what Adrian Wojnarowski is saying kind of got me thinking, like, what is the expectation level when you trade a Zach Levine? And I know for me, I've always looked at it as, well, any draft capital need to be able to find ways to restock the cupboard. But it seems like after this past offseason, that 
that expectation of of acquiring a lot of draft capital could be tough. And you know, you keep hearing rumors like with the Lakers, uh, D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura, Austin Reeves, future pick, and be honest, like initially, it's not what I'd like. It's not what I'd expect. But is that the reality we're facing? And I think it's just important to ask Bulls Nation, like, are you ready for maybe feeling like we're going to get hosed a little bit on a trade? I go back to like 2017 when you know the draft day trade happened with Jimmy Butler and you get Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, the draft rights to Laurie Marketing. You ship out the 16th pick with Jimmy Butler and kind of looking back at that, you realize me Bulls could have gotten probably a little bit more had they you know, stuck to their guns a little bit and were a little more trying to shop, I think, for the best deal instead of the, the quickest deal. And that's one thing that I'm wondering, though. Are we prepared for, I'm going to say something exactly the same as what we saw in 2017 with the Jimmy Butler trade, but could we see a trade that might not net that boatload package we want, like that Knicks package that we were talking about last year, is that ne- not necessarily in the cards right now? It's going to be interesting. Like I, I wonder if the reports could change over time. Because look, once December 15th rolls around and there's more you know, players eligible to be traded from different teams, you're just not sure who, who might jump in. And of course, Bobby Marks from ESPN, he, he threw out the, the idea of, of the Detroit Pistons. And I, I started looking around, you know, you can't help it. I get on Fanspo, I start messing around with the trade machine, which is always dangerous, I know. But, you know, when I was doing that, I started looking and, and thinking, well, what are potential pieces that could move? Because there's a lot of interesting young pieces on the Pistons, but you also have to balance these salaries out because, you know, Zach Levine is is making, you know, north of right around $40 million. And, you know, you look at the Pistons roster and it's uh, it's definitely not easy to build a, a trade package that might entice you. Now, they do have some draft capital and that's where it might get interesting. But, you know, you're looking at in terms of salaries, Bogdanovich is the big name in terms of salary, right? He's making 20 million. You got Joe Harris at about just a tick under 20 at 19.9. Marvin Bagley's at 12 and a half. James Wiseman, 12.1 million. So you're kind of looking at, uh, you'd have to really piece this together. And I think you look at that, like Bogdanovich would be a name that you think would easily kind of fit into that. And then you have to then start kind of getting creative, probably Marvin Bagley or James Wiseman, one of those guys. And I know that's probably not sexy to a lot of Bulls fans, but Again, you do have to match these salaries. So where do you then try to find that nice young piece? And the name that I know some Bulls fans are interested in, and, and I'd be intrigued, is Jaden Ivey. Jaden Ivey right now is averaging uh, about 16 points a game, five assists. Um, there's talk that maybe you know their head coach, Monty Williams, is not necessarily, a, I wouldn't say a, he's not a big fan, but you know, there's sort of been some hesitation and, and kind of changes going on in their rotation. It seems to be ever changing. But you look like, you know, you're not getting Kate Cunningham. So just eliminate that from your thought process altogether. So then you start looking at, 
at that roster. And it does seem like, you know, somebody that would make sense if you are going to make that move, if you're going to try to add somebody young. Now, the only question is, is that something that's desirable to Detroit? Now, I, I keep thinking, like, if I'm Detroit, I try to stick with some of these these young athletic core pieces and then try to reshape my veteran you know, additions. Like, the combo of Bagley and Wiseman, to me, has always been sort of puzzling to me. Um, and, yeah, I wonder, like, is that the route instead that they should be going in is trying to shuffle that? part of the deck you know if if there is potential interest in zach levine then there's going to be redundancy in the backcourt and this is where you know you wonder like is that where they're comfortable parting with somebody like Jaden ivy i know i would definitely be intrigued by it but there's probably more to this like are you able to add that draft capital too and you start looking at like the the pistons draft capital here and they're without a first round pick in 2024 they have one in 2025, 2026, 2027. So I think in this case, because of the Stepian rules, we're looking at 2026, 2027 being the first you know, eligible pick you can get from the Pistons. So, you know, that's, I don't know. I'm torn because I'd be interested in that because you start looking at the other teams that are, are being discussed and, and, and rumored, you know, the Lakers, the, the Hornets, um, um, like drawing a blank on some of these other ones, but like, yeah, the Lakers are the one ones we keep hearing about the most. And and that's one where you know, you're not going to get future draft capital until a while down the road. Um, and certainly like with the Lakers, you know, there's, there's still, that's not a sure bet that, that Zach's necessarily their, their preferred target. Like, I think there was a report the other night that they might be more interested in trying to get Alex Caruso back and trying to get, DeMar DeRozan. So all of these kind of different trade packages and everything, like it's going to be interesting to see what Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley do. I think it also asks this other question because now we've seen what's been going on without Zach Levine the last couple of games. And with the young, younger guys stepping up like Kobe White and Patrick Williams. And, you know, Adam Amin said it best a couple of games ago against the Bucks that you just saw a different attitude and different aggressiveness and this look from Patrick Williams that whole night. I think it carried on to the next game against the Pelicans too. That's the Patrick Williams we've been looking for. And it just seemed like it all came together. Like there was this burden lifted off of Kobe White and Patrick Williams shoulders in both of these games. And I don't want to totally disparage Zach Levine because I've actually you know, been somebody that had sort of been won over by Zach Levine. And and I really think that there's a bunch of different circumstances here that led to where we're at now with Zach. And I, I don't think Zach is the only problem. You know, I think that the Bulls maybe overestimated some things with him and maybe didn't necessarily build the rest of the roster and core around him to suit his strengths and to suit, you know, where this full roster's potential could have gone. So I think it's just hit a, a wall. I think we're just at a point where Everybody's fatigued. Everybody's ready to move on. And I think even those young guys might be feeling that. And that guys like Kobe White and, and Patrick Williams really have stepped up because they know this is their moment. And that kind of has me feeling very optimistic. Like, 
I get it. They're not all-star caliber guys yet. You know, they're they're really nice pieces though that you still want to get a look at. And I think what's going to be interesting to see from Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley, are they going to stop at Zach Levine? Like, are they going to say, all right, let's trade Zach and then let's see what this younger group of Kobe and Patrick Williams and Io DeSumo and and these guys can do with veterans like Alex Caruso, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, and maybe try to see if they can max that out a little bit before they get to the deadline, or do you just kind of rip the Band-Aid off? And, I, and I'm in the camp more of ripping the Band-Aid off and saying, just keep keep it going. Like once you open the floodgates with Zach, now see what you can get for DeMar. And I love Alex Caruso, but this might be the highest value that you're going to have for Alex Caruso. And you're hearing rumblings around the NBA from the different national reporters like Shams and, and Woj that there is definitely intrigue in Alex Caruso. And there could even be more intrigue than what Zach Levine you know, has around league circles. And that's big. So to me, if you're really looking to restock, if, if Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley are serious about this, then I think you have to just open the floodgates altogether and make the big moves that you have to make to restock the cupboard, get that draft capital, get some young flyers that you want to see. So I'd be in favor of doing that. Now, the one guy that might be sticking around because of his contract might be Nikola Vucevic. I'd say maybe in a, a year or two, I think there's a good chance that you even recoup uh, a little bit there. I definitely want to see Kobe White, Patrick Williams get more run, get that opportunity to flex their muscle more and more this season because, you know, look, I don't think they're going to win games the way they have the last uh, two nights. I think without Zach, without, you know, even if they make that move to get rid of DeMar and, and Caruso, it's not like the roster is going to, you know, all of a sudden click and they'll start winning games led by Kobe and, and Pat Williams and, and Nikola Vucevic. I don't think that'll happen, but I do think you'll get to see some development from those guys. And then from there, then you start making those, those bigger moves. So again, I'm, I'm in favor of kind of ripping this, this bandaid off. And I'm definitely looking forward to seeing uh, what unfolds here. One thing's for certain, I'm not going to stop watching. I'm going to keep rooting. I still love this team, but I want to see long-term growth and success. And that's the one thing that I think some of us in Bulls Nation are frustrated with. Like, we expect more. We want to see this get to a championship contending team and, and have them take advantage of that window. In order to do that, I think uh, you got to crack some eggs to make that omelet. And that means having to make some tough decisions and trades here very shortly. So I know I'm looking forward to, to December 15th to kind of see from that point on what happens here with the Chicago Bulls. Again, if you kind of like sped through the beginning a little bit, we are going to be launching those analyzing Acme episodes uh, within the next, probably the next week or so, the first episode will drop, but we're going to trickle out these episodes. I'm in the process of uh, working with everybody to record those. So uh, they're going to be evergreen topics. So 
a lot of them are going to be you know recorded in a in a certain window and then slowly dropping after that. And I think that first one might drop either towards the end of this week or early next week. So really looking forward to that. I think we're going to kick it off with the drafting of Patrick Williams. And then again, the next three episodes in, in no particular order, uh, we'll focus on the Billy Donovan hire, the axing of the young core, which included Laurie Markin and Wendell Carter. And then the acquisitions in 2021, the trade for Nikola Vucevic at the deadline and the flurry of free agency moves uh, made that summer. So it'll be interesting to get a, a look at all that. Could add maybe another episode or two, uh, especially if some things happen here, like talking about potential trades that could happen. And, and if we're in the midst of, of finishing up the series and, uh, you know, after December 15th, there's just a, a flurry of activity or anything happens, we might add that to this new series as well. These upcoming episodes, you know where you can find them. Uh, they're on all the major streaming services that, that you get your podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, you know them. You stream it there. We're there. Those episodes will be there. Um, you can also keep following us on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's at rebuild underscore a underscore bowl for the podcast. You can follow me at mgenteel88. I'm always tweeting out some of my thoughts there. And um, occasionally, if you like other Chicago sports, probably tweeting about that as well in the midst of Cubs news and the end of a rough bear season. So you get that plus some bowl stuff. So glad that I got to just hop in real quick to do a quick episode on the current state of the bulls before we get to this analyzing Acme series. So again, check that out again. I'm Matt Gentile. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you soon. Thank you for listening to the Rebuildable podcast. Be sure to check us out and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever else you stream your podcasts.